Great morning, great afternoon, great night. Welcome to Moments of Mindset, the podcast. I'm your host, Rodney Williams, and thank you again for joining me as we have these conversations of clarity that are going to help get you with the right mindset, habits and routines, massive action plans. That way you can achieve your next level of abundance. You're joining us today. Episode two, part two of the conversation I have with such an amazing father, a wonderful man, one of my confidants, Mr. Chris Garza. Keep tuning in. I hope you enjoy. I love you all. Yeah. And, and this right here, man, this, this, I don't know about for you. Tell me when you, when you had your podcast with your, with your friends, for me, this is also therapy because I'm able to share my journey. It's been 10 years of me finding self-love cultivating it that way I can use my um, experiences and I can be open and be vulnerable. That's my ability is to be vulnerable, listen to vulnerability. Right. right? And, and, you know, how, when you had your show, what was, what was it for you that kept you going past what 500 plus episodes? Yeah. We did. Yeah. Right at 500. I think it was man. Something like that. Yeah. You know, One of the things, man, that I am a huge proponent of and I always have been is is sharing knowledge with each other, right? I see sharing knowledge with each other no different than me supporting you as an individual, right? The more you know, um, you know, it's like the reading rainbow, right? I mean, the more you the 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 more you know, the more expansive your mind is, the more expansive your imagination is. And the more honest you are with yourself, you know, um, reading strikes to the basic fundamental of um, our core communication and, um, you know, the way that we perceive the world, really. I've always been a reader, man. I've been a reader since I was a kid. Um, You know, I, I, I was able to read by the time I was, what, three years old, I think it was. And it's never left me, Rod. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm in the uh I'm in the process of I'm gonna show you these two right here because yeah. they're sitting, they're sitting right next to me. But uh I owe you this book right here, which I told you I was gonna give you. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. The, the, the inner path to leadership. And then this one right here, which I'm getting ready to start, the organized mind, right? And essentially, you know, uh, again, like I said. It is, we live in such a, 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 a hyper-communicative world that sometimes we get information overload. And we don't know what the hell any of it means. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and when we started doing that podcasting, man, I figured I wanted to find a way to make things like the economy, cryptocurrency, because I've been in cryptocurrency since 2000, since 2013, um, cryptocurrency um news the news networks um and i wanted to to be able to dumb them down sort of in a way to where anyone could you know could quarter, sort of comprehend them right i'm gonna see if i can get this thing check this out real quick you'll like yeah, this yeah. Look, at, look at this look at this look at this <laughs> this was our uh 
this was the thing that we had made right here. Look, can you see that? <laughs> yeah, political free agents. <laughs> Hell yeah. A buddy of mine made this, man. And, wow. and the, the idea of the free agency is I'm not, <clears throat> I don't identify with one particular party. Again, you know, I believe that I owe my allegiance to the information itself. And I, I believe that I owe my allegiance to not only knowing how to digest that information, but how to hold that conversation with you in a respective manner mm-hmm. to where we can discuss that information. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's no different than what we're doing here, Rodney. And, and, and it's the amount of ugly that we, I see in the world today hurts my heart, man, because we're at a, at a point and we have been now, man, for the better part of shit, damn near, what 20 years you know ever since 9-11 happened pretty much mm-hmm. to where the the common denominator that we now look to find is what differentiates us from each yes. other you know what i'm saying not yes. not not you know what what makes us alike right and and it's i mean I, I look at you rod obviously i know you're a black man but that's not my identifier for you as an individual you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um if i see someone who is you know, uh, you know, let's say uh, a female, but, you know, maybe she's, you know, she cuts her hair and she hides her breasts. She wants to identify as a male. That's cool. But I'm curious as to what your story is. Right. Um, I want, I want to have the discussion with you and open up that pathway and open up that dialogue to where we can, we can be curious about each other. Right. That's what, you know, they, they talk about, you know, what makes America great. What makes America great is when we're curious about each other, when mm-hmm. we're curious, when we're curious about what makes us great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that, and that's, and that's how we propel ourselves forwards. So that's what kept me going, man. And, and more importantly, um, it gave me an avenue to just talk to various hosts about different things <clears throat> and 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 what what you find with a lot of these individuals that are quote unquote um specialists or quote unquote uh you know uh news reporter on this specific topic or you know whatever it is man that they that they have their niche in the one thing that throws a lot of people off is when you just address them in a kind and calm, honest tone versus the, the, the pardon the interruption format where everyone's screaming at each other, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And you break the dialogue down to where they're, they're forced to have a conversation versus talking sound bites. Um, it throws people off, man. It throws them off. And so that's, that's the, that's the tone that I would take with a lot of people, man. And we would have some great discussions on things like, you know, when the pandemic hit, um, I became very concerned right off the bat with mental health, how, how COVID was going to affect us as individuals. And, um, we had a mental health expert on man. And we just sat there and talked about it. And I was like, you know, I think now that now that we're past it or not, I shouldn't say past it, but now that we're no longer as a nation forced quarantine and we're able to, um, um, 
have an honest discussion about mental health. It seems like it's a lot more, it's come to the forefront now, right? You hear a lot yeah. more about it and you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That was one of my major concern, man, not just for me, but for these teenagers and these young kids that we had that all of a sudden had their world taken away from them. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We got to experience it. So for us, we had kind of a different relationship with it. But the way it was just yanked from them, Rod, and it was like, well, what are y'all going to do now? You know, <laughs> uh, and, and, and you saw things like the suicide rates were up, you know, um, drug use was up, alcoholism was up, and they were all forms of self-hurt. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. and, and, and we, we just didn't talk about it enough, man. And to see, to see it come to the forefront now, uh, I'm very, very thankful for that, man, because um, it needs to be right. But that was one of my driving forces, man, was, you know, to be able to just have those conversations um, as uncomfortable as they may have been, man, to, you know, like I said, just, just talk, just yeah. talk. Yeah. Just talk. We don't, we, we don't do, I don't think we do enough of that as a nation is if you can dial it in and have a respectful conversation, just talk, man. Just, just talk. talk. Yeah. Just talk. And, and if you continue to talk, you'll find the commonalities there. Mm -hmm. That's that's the whole premise of my of the platform that i have and you saw it before i started it these are yeah. conversations of clarity so there isn't a time when i sit and i write a whole bunch of questions mm -hmm. you know it's my show's based off of mindset routines and habits and maps massive action plans to sure. make sure we have that healthy mental state sure. you know two years ago when i started teaching yoga that was to instill and inject hope then COVID happened. That's when I started writing. So every mm -hmm. one of these things, every one of these nuances is to help just with that. And I'm glad you mentioned that about your mm -hmm. show because that's what keeps it going. That's allows yes, does, us to speak freely and there's no line in the sand, which we're used to seeing. This is Absolutely. okay. How can we find a common bond and go from that? And one thing you touched on that, you know, I wanted to ask you and pick your brain with you being in 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 crypto and, and learning the blockchain for as long as you have, where do you see the the path going forward? Do you think um, like with the NFTs and with the blockchain, do you think that, you know, with that being new age, is that going to be a sustainable way for us to look at how we interact, how we're starting to build communities by using these blockchains for, you know, different arenas, right? Instead of just looking at it from a consumer standpoint, looking at it from a community builder, how you might have a token and you have this token and create this brand and that allows so many other people to reach you and interact and yet still be able to bring about a community. Like, where do you see the blockchain and the NFTs and the crypto? Because, you know, some people are like, oh, this is just a sham and they're going to pull the rug from under. But you said it like the Web3 and what Colton's doing. Where do you see it going? You know, man, that's a good question. And, um, you know, I'll tell you the, the basis, the, the overall basis of cryptocurrency 
is individual personal freedom and privacy, right? That is, that is first and foremost, um, the, the, the goal it's called, you know, decentralized currency for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, in, in, in the case of Bitcoin, there's a limited number. I actually only think there's like 1.9 Bitcoin left, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, overall, and then, and then Bitcoin's done. But I remember when I got in it, you know, I will, I'll try to keep it as PC as possible, but to give you an idea, um, back when I got into cryptocurrency, <clears throat> California weed wasn't really as available as it is now in the state of Texas. So what we would do is we would take our money, we would go to Bank of America, we would deposit it in a uh, bank account number we were given. Once we deposited in that account, it would send us, um, <clears throat> it would send us a an email letting us know that it was deposited into that account. We would then take that. We would move it to a, we would buy cryptocurrency with it. We would move it to a separate wallet. We would tumble those coins to where it was untraceable. And then we would move it into a virtual wallet on the dark net. And then what it would allow us to do is um, we would hook up on Silk Road. If you've never heard of Silk Road, we would hook up on, a, on, on Silk Road, which would allow you to buy everything from weed to heroin if you wanted to, you know, and they would ship it to your front doorstep. And and what you would do instead of typing Rodney a text message is just say, hey, I sent you some cryptocurrency. We had this platform called PGP. And what PGP was, is it was an algorithm based um, uh, encryption service to where I would write you a, a, a message and you had to have to decode it. You had to have my specific PGP key. I would send it to you once you read it it would destroy itself. And so, and so, and so from the get go, it was always about personal privacy and freedom. Right. Um, As we move into this new age where everything is monitored, everything is taxed, the government spends money like water, but yet you look at things like, um, you know, I remember when we were at St. Mary's right after, right after, uh, uh, September 11, 2001 happened, and they rushed to pass the Patriot Act. Um, I was still in a uh, taking government classes for my major, right, political science. Yeah. And um, one of our <clears throat> one of our uh, thesis papers when I was a soft junior in 2002 was to take the Patriot Act, and we sectioned it out, and we worked in groups, and we did we each. We basically overall decoded the Patriot Act. What we realized was that it was the basis um, to ultimately, if the government wanted to be able to monitor its own, its own citizens, to be able to take away our own personal privacy and freedoms, to be able to monitor our currencies, our bank transactions, our emails, our text messages under the premise of national security, <laughs> right? And it's no wonder that less than a decade after that, you start hearing about things like cryptocurrency. You start hearing about things like the dark net. You start hearing about Tor. You start hearing about Web2. You start hearing about Onion Router. You start hearing about, which is what Tor was. 
<clears throat> you start hearing about PGP encrypted services, you start hearing about red dot money packs where you could, you know, load up a card and, you know, give somebody the, the scratch off number. You start hearing about all these things and you start realizing that individuals who were truly paying attention started to realize that something was wrong. And, and the thing is this, once you take the cat out of the bag and you give the government a specific power, it's like a tax that it, just, it doesn't just automatically go away out of nowhere, right? And, and, and so for those of us that were paying attention, we started realizing that something was not only wrong, but could go wrong. Um, the neat thing is that when I got into it way back then, I think right now something like 2% of the world has uh, either online wallet addresses or cold storage wallet addresses, which is still a very, very small number. So when I got into it in, in 2012, 2013, I was probably in the 0.0001%, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but, but I wanted, I wanted that freedom and um you know, I don't know specifically how I feel about things like NFTs yet, but when you look at things like uh, Decentraland, which is a, you know, essentially a decentralized marketplace that allows you to buy things like land, office spaces, billboards, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Streets, whatnot. It, it's, it's clear that people want to enjoy their personal freedoms and privacies the way that our Constitution granted us you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, it's clear that that individuals want that, man. Um, I think it's great. I think it's natural progression of what the internet set out to initially be, to connect us together and to connect like-minded individuals together. But, but more importantly, man, I think that it allows us to collectively work together, man, to, and, and, and albeit as anonymously as it is, you know, to be able to, um, to, to enjoy these things, man. I'm not sure how I feel overall about NFTs, like crypto punks, you know what I mean? Or NFTs like baseball cards. Right. Um, I don't know how I feel about that yet. And, and, and I understand it, but part of me is just, it almost seems too good to be true in a way, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but all of the, um, you know, all of the uh, additional coins that, you know, that you can, that you can own, man, there are ways to make money right now that, that, that we have never had before, right? And, and they, this has all existed in the quote unquote stock market, which is a rigged game in its own. You know what I'm saying? Yes, um, for sure. It, it is for if now, if you know how to day trade and you know how to play it and you know how to understand markets, cool, you're going to make some money and you can win. But for the average everyday individual that puts their money in something like a 401k, you know, over X amount of years and expects and expects it to grow, you know, you'd see things like Enron, right? I mean, <clears throat> man, we were, we were, I'll never forget, right? We were sponsored by, um, your, your buddy was working for Arthur Anderson. We actually had their names on our basketball jerseys when we played at the downtown Y. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, but, but to think, man, that capitalism allows for companies like that to fraud their way and 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 into millions of dollars for specific sets of people and defraud everybody else right um when you look at things like cryptocurrency man 
there are entire, uh, you know, books and, and, and online classes being written about how it's a great thing for minorities because it now allows you to build generational wealth in your own hands if you want to. And, and yeah. the other thing, Rod, is that cryptocurrency as a whole, blockchain as a whole, is it difficult? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's new, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was lucky to get into it early enough to where now, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to ever say I'm a genius at anything or that I know, but I'm so familiar with it that um, <clears throat> I understand the process. I understand, you know, things like what stake pools are, you know, I understand the blockchain process itself. I understand, you know, how to go into uh, Decentraland and buy, um, uh, you know, a plot of land for X amount of million of dollars. You know what I mean? I know those yeah. processes, but um, for the individual that's just getting out, that's just starting out in it, man, go read, go read the white paper. You know what I mean? Go figure out what, what cryptocurrency is, what it was meant to be, what its overall goal is. And then, um, you know, find you some coins that you believe in, you know, find you something that you believe in, start small, you know, if you can't afford to buy a whole Bitcoin, which which most people can't, you know, stack some sats, man. Buy some, you know, buy some sats if you want to. Um, <clears throat> look at, you know, some altcoins, right? Like, you know, there's there's correlations between, um, you know, the way Bitcoin works and it's, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, the way it rises and falls, man, versus yeah. how you can go into altcoins and you can parlay your money out. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah, not, yeah. once, once you figure it out, it's not that difficult. And, yeah. and the other thing is this, man, don't go into it. And with the goal of, I'm going to make a million dollars overnight. You know what I mean? I have a good friend of mine who was a reconnaissance Marine. He's one of the smartest people I know. He was the first, uh, he was my first roommate at St. Mary's. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I watched him get in and he was committing uh, 500 bucks a month, regardless, 500 a month, 500 a month, 500 a month. That's what he was putting towards it, man. Uh, he's a multimillionaire now and he's bought his house. He's bought his land. He's bought an RV um, just from his, from his crypto gains. You know what I'm saying? But that took yeah. him. It took him about five years to do it, yeah. you know, and, and, and here's the other thing. <clears throat> when, when you buy something like a Bitcoin, you are buying that to hold. It is going to, it's, it is going to be, I look at it as sort of a commodity, right? I am going to hold Bitcoin and I will never sell it. It's, it's mine to keep for as long as I can, man, until it gets to the point where it's too damn much and I got to get rid of it. But yeah. But I will hold it for as long as I can, man. And then all of the smaller little altcoins, you know, I'll throw some money at it here and there, you know, and whatnot. But, um, you know, back to that original point, man. I mean, it is it is the future, whether we want to believe it or not. You know, yeah. blockchain technology is the future, whether we want to believe it or not. Um, <clears throat> you know, cryptocurrency, if you look at what developers on the on the Internet originally intended, this is their dream come true right here, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes, to be yes, able sir. to have, to be able to launch into something like Web3, 
um, that has its own decentralized marketplace with a virtual currency that exists, right? Um, <laughs> free from, or I shouldn't say free from, but free from the, uh, you know, BS inflation that we see with the U.S. dollar. You know, it, it, it doesn't have the same, the same issues, quote unquote, that fiat currency does, right? Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful thing, man. And the market cap is now so damn much that it scares the hell out of those that are in charge, right? Yeah. Because that's that's the that's the way that you know they're able to control and hold power, right? Through things like currency manipulation, um, and this scares the absolute shit out of them. I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> you know, awesome. I know that was a long answer, but no, that's, that's perfect truth. because that you know what this this is one of the first times that i've broached the subject of blockchain and and bitcoin and nft so what better way than to get your perspective on it but then also and you read my mind because you also gave people that were are beginners novices like hey these are the steps that you take in order to get your you know to wet your whistle so no that was that was perfectly 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 said man and i i appreciate that and that's why i knew that us getting on when 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 you reached out to me i'm like man this is perfect this is a perfect way to transition towards building momentum at the end of the year and then carrying that on into 2022 Mm -hmm. because this is on people's minds mental health on people's minds especially now with the insurgence of the new period you can't go down a feed without hearing about another NFT and this has been sold. So guess what? People are so uh, instant gratification. That's with our kids too. They don't want to mm-hmm. necessarily put in the work, but they want all the glory. Yes, man. They want NFTs and everything else. Like whatever happened to, you know, sitting back and reading a handful of books getting that self-development, that self-education, that way you're empowering yourself, that way you can go help other people. Not like you get a little quick bit of knowledge and how can I maximize and capitalize on it and monetize it and then see if I can get some other people that'll throw in some money and I don't know everything. And when the rubber meets the road, you're gone. Yep. You take whatever you can, right? So <laughs> no, that was perfect, perfectly said. And, I, and I'm glad that you- uh, 